Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. And speaking of people needing to get better, speaking of people in recovery right now, Dustin, mm-hmm. I heard you got a yep. rental property coming up on the market. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, looking for you, a new house? You, you looking for all some, some? <laughs> I'm looking to move to Fort Wayne, yeah. And I have you as my landlord. That'd be great. Um, no, but I, I heard there's a lot of people out there who are looking to maybe just rent that house for like a month or two. Oh, this is good. This is really, really good. This is a Taxman Brewing Company. Nope, stop. <laughs> stop. Belgian stop. inspired. <laughs> Murder you. There's you a this format one? to the show. There's a format to the show. I couldn't I couldn't wait any longer. We're supposed to do it for half oh, an hour. You didn't you didn't want to swear at me for another half hour about people who are contacting you about rentals and saying they only want to rent for like a month or two? Taxman brewing. This, this is a uh, great right. Indiana beer. Yeah, no no no. Let's let's go straight into beer talk. <laughs> You're drinking a Taxman Brewing. Uh, wh- what is it? Looks like this the is deduction. A, this is the. It just says American American Farmhouse Ale brewed with honey. Where do you see a name on here? Look at the skull. Underneath mm-hmm. the skull, there should be a name. Or the L.A. Mason. La Maison. Yeah. La Maison. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I enjoy this one. Ah. Uh, it's a little heavy, though. What do you mean, buddy? I mean, I don't think I could drink more than one of those. What's the ABV on that bad boy? Is 7%. That's decent. That's decent. What are you drinking tonight? What's going down the slippery slopes of Stephen Van Elk? Well, much like you, tonight, Dustin, I've got a great Indiana beer for a great Indiana man. Like like you, Dustin McKibben, and me, Stephen mm-hmm. Van Elk. Uh, I'm drinking a President Brutarski from Quaff On Brewing Company. It's a Brute India Pale Ale. Ugh, gross. It's a so so the Brute India Pale Ales are a little bit different than like a normal India Pale Ale. Like they're just um, they don't have like that hop. They don't have that bite. They don't have that stink sock. You know, pop pop pop. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Steve. They don't hip hop to the hippity to the hippity to the hip hip hop, and you don't stop. Oh, that was good. That was really good. Mm-hmm. No, no. Should I do more? <laughs> no. Is that what we're you doing on not. this podcast now? Uh, but yes, now backstepping a, a minute or two. Uh, I do have a rental property uh, up for rent here in a couple weeks. It is going to be the bane of my existence this month. So gutting the whole thing, new carpet, new paints, new everything. Mm-hmm. Debating on new appliances. I'm going to see how well can get them all gutting everything up. were they smokers no they were just there for three years mm, so it's like three yeah. years of just not caring because it's not your house wait people do that yeah yeah steve when you uh, when you're a terrible human being last time jen and i moved out of a rental property we paid to have a carpet cleaner come and clean the carpets yeah, well, this carpet uh, was original from when I bought the house, mm-hmm. so it was probably due to be changed before this last tenant moved in three years ago. Yeah. And they had a dog for about a year of that three years, so... What happened? I figured... 
Uh, it was their parents got divorced, and so they they housed the dog while mom and dad were figuring shit out. Fighting over the dog? Mm-hmm. Dog purgatory. Oh. Sucks for that and dog. And I charged... Yes, but sucks for them, because they had to pay me an extra 50 bucks a month for that dog. So there's a happy ending to the story. Glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your happy ending, but you know... I always love a good happy ending. Yeah. You're going to get the carpets no matter what. So the dog mm-hmm. being there doesn't really matter. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dustin, we got some follow-up this week. Yeah. So the last time it was you and me on the podcast and not you and me and somebody else on the podcast, we talked about the person who did the anti-selfies. We sure did. Justin, forget the anti-selfies. That's so last year. One person dying in a photo? What about if you got 300 people together to die in a photo? What do you think about that, buddy? Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Or a a lot of naps. So, Dustin, I know you were looking at this right before we started talking because you started talking to me about it before we started podcasting. So, mm-hmm. so w- mm-hmm. what were your thoughts about this uh, 300 person extinction rebellion event? It looked it looked uncomfortable. It it looked uh, a little bit too. Um, I'm somebody who likes my distance from people. I like people. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy a good spooning from then to then, now to now. Yeah. No, I try to spoon you every time I see you. That makes sense that you would enjoy that. But. But for the most part, Steve, I like my space and seeing a crowded museum gallery full of people pretending to be dead, just not my cup of tea. Yeah. I would be the guy, maybe I would hang from the ceiling or something. You'd be dead if you hung from the ceiling. Pretending. Uh, Pretending to be dead. So you have some sort of waist harness so that you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't choke out while you're up there. Correct. But then I would at least be like still participating but I would be hanging over all these people that are laying on top of each other. So the event was, uh, it was a protest of climate change um, and the fact that most governments around the world seem to be pretending like it's not happening. And mm-hmm. uh, so they were doing a die-in instead of a sit-in where they pretended to die in a public place and uh, stayed there for a while in positions of death. 20 minutes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All, all while, while laying underneath a dinosaur. Yep. Yeah, because they wanted to show that we're going the same way as the dinosaurs. But the good thing about climate change and the whole globe warming up is eventually it'll get hot enough again that dinosaurs will come back. That's how it works, right? So now I thought it'd be more something like Stephen. Now bear with me here. We go instinct, right? Yeah. Then the the superhuman, let's call them the alpha race that arises from the ashes of the human population. Like phoenixes. The phoenix race. Exactly. The superhumans. The dark um, phoenix race. They'll be more evolved, practically not even human at this point. And um, probably more like an artificial intelligence. Robots. And, okay, got it. Yep, yep. And then they'll eventually evolve back to a state where they're more... Um, less like computers, more like, you know, actual beings. And then they will clone us in labs and we'll have a Jurassic Park like movie, but with humans, just like the dinosaurs. But now it's humans and we are running rampant in these parks like cavemen. Murdering robots. Murdering the robots. I like this. This is a great future. (laughs) Yes. 
Except that's, I won't be there for it. But other than that, great future. No, no, remember? No, if you go back to follow-up, Stephen, you and I survive oh, because okay. the robots enjoy our podcast so much. Mm, they keep us around. Yeah. They kill you and turn you into a robot. But that's for the most... The greatest thing that could ever happen to me. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah. But for the most part, uh, you and I make it out okay. Except I'm dead and a robot has replaced me. But the podcast lives on through us. The important parts. Okay, got it. Got it. Yep. Because they couldn't replicate that sweet, sultry tone in robotic format. So they had no choice but to gut you and turn you into a mm. robot. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm all for it. That sounds they cool. Couldn't let, they couldn't let those vocal cords die with you, Stephen. Yeah. But they left the meat skin on top of that robot, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All that meat skin. <laughs> I, I want to know that the meat skin's there. It's a good look. Metal on meat. Or metal in meat, I guess. Meat on metal. Yeah. Beat me at the metal. So, Dustin, do you want to so, move into topics with me this week? We we have so many topics, Stephen. Mm, let's so, let's we, try we actually, to get through a few. I have uh, 50 pages open in my mobile safari on my iPhone right now. Mm-hmm, <laughs> All potential mm-hmm. topics. I love it. That I didn't add to the notes yet because we already had so many in the notes. It's, uh, it's photography season, man. Welcome to wedding season. So uh, let's start off. There was a post I saw on a random Facebook group from a girl named Alicia. And I'm just going to say it. The post super pissed me off and it made me very upset. So I just thought we could share it here and maybe talk about it a little bit. Uh, Alicia says, guys, I'm at a wedding and I'm an hour in and I'm the paid photographer. There's a videographer here that is shooting for free because he wanted experience. I was shooting the family, putting the boutonnieres on, and the videographer puts his hand on my back and says, friend, please move. I already got my shots, so I moved. But I was already told by the bride that I have to get all my shots because she's paying me, not him, and he's just learning. So I'm then shooting the ceremony, and he puts his hand on my lower back and says, friend, then... I'm in the middle of the ceremony catching the rings and he legit puts his hand on my back and pushes me out of the way. I'm furious. First off, a man keeps touching me. Second, pushing me. Third, this is my job, not his. I want to say something, but I have four hours left and don't want confrontation or to make the brides upset or anything weird with him. Anything extra weird. Dustin, what are your thoughts after hearing that harrowing tale, friend? Sounds a little gross to me. Sounds super gross, friend. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of the time you touched me. Friend, I'm going to cut you off there. Um, I just, I have some things I want to say. I don't want you to, uh, reading this was just like me progressively getting more and more angry. I don't, I don't know why anyone, so, so I, I, I went to school for video like production. That's what I went to school for. That's what I learned. All my jobs when I first got out of college were in that arena. Like the number one rule they teach you in all your video ethics classes is you never touch somebody else while you're shooting. You don't touch them to put the mic on. You don't touch them to do anything. If you do for some reason have to touch someone, like say they need help putting the mic on, you always stop and you say, 
is it all right if I touch you? Is it all right if I do this? Because you never want to invade somebody's space or their privacy. And so listening to this just pissed me off because it's very clear this person has no has no idea what is acceptable to do to another human being. Like, why would you ever think you could walk up to a stranger, put a hand on them and say friend can and I, then can I just ask move a question, them? Steven? Yeah. Question? Is his name Caleb? Probably. No, I... I want to know why Joe Biden is shooting wedding videos. Oh, shit. Wow, really? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you promised me we wouldn't be political this time, but here you go. Here you go. I just, I just want to know. I didn't know good old JB was shooting some vids. He's got a YouTube channel? I don't know. I wish he would disappear from the political scene. <laughs> mm. Glad you brought that up. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Thank you. What a piece just like of shit. Bring, just like to bring you up so I can pull you back down. Jeez. Well, on that note, doesn't holy crap, doesn't you added a lot of stuff to the show notes this week too? I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. Uh, are you? I am. I'm so proud of you. So, doesn't for this next one, I believe you wanted to take us somewhere. Let's take a a walk, Stephen, into the drone zone. So, without further ado. Let's cross over into the Drone Zone. We'll walk into the Drone Zone. Or we can fly there. Yeah. Up to you. I actually added this one a while ago, but since we had Mr. Nathan on last week, we didn't get, to, we didn't get a chance to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually have two Are things. Are you going to keep calling him Mr. Nathan for the entirety of this podcast and into the future? I just I just look up to him like a life coach and a teacher and a mentor. So I just feel that he deserves sort of a um, sense of authority and respect and reverence. And I feel like the only way I can do that is, mis- I guess I could say like Samurai Nathan or um, Yoda Master or just Jedi, Jedi Master Nathan. I'm going to try to pretend like you didn't say any of these things and that I wasn't cringing the entire time it happened. And so I've gone to my happy place. It's not really pretending, Steve, if you, if you vocalize your thought process out hey, loud. what just happened? <laughs> oh, I feel like back, we, were, we entered the drone zone. We're, and, in, we're uh, in the drone zone. And uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the first ever drone flight that carried a transplant organ. Mm, tell me more, bud. Uh, yeah, it was a first ever groundbreaking delivery of a human organ from uh, hospital to hospital. Uh, it looked like some sort of a DJI type drone. I'm not 100% sure on that. They didn't release the specifics. I'm sure it's some sort of a custom build situation. Um, and the reporter the whole time keeps trying to shit on drones. Uh, Steve will probably link to this in the show notes. But... Um, and he keeps like defending, like it's way safer than an ambulance. It's way safer than this or that. Um, so hopefully, it's a it's a big step forward in drones being used in everyday life. Yeah, no, I mean that's great. The faster we can get to that robotic future where uh, my skin meat is on a is on a robot uh, on I top of just, metal. Yeah, I thought just. Oh, I, that's a little too far for me, Steve. I just want it where Taco Bell can be delivered to my driveway. That's the future Amazon's via, trying to make Via drone. <laughs> via drone. That's, I like that that's Amazon's all... having so much trouble just trying to deliver, you know, baked goods or 
robot cars or I don't, I don't know what what is Amazon trying to deliver with drones? They've been trying to get uh, that uh, like cleared for several years now. Yeah, apparently they just need to do organs first. Yeah, Amazon, <laughs> Amazon <laughs> organ. What's more important, my noise canceling headphones or somebody's heart? You know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Basically the same same ballpark there. It's not Come like on, one Amazon. of those would be a good one to pilot this stuff out you with. Just pick pick it up at Whole Foods and take it to the hospital. There is some city where Amazon's already like testing out the drone delivery stuff. I just forget where it is, but. I think it's like uh, Arizona or somewhere. I feel it, like that just jumps into my mind. Some it's vast, flat. flat place. <laughs> yeah, that's a Great where Plains I would go. area, maybe like Nebraska would be one place where it might be. Nebraska, a Great Plains state. So, that, so that's kind of one exciting thing in what we call the drone zone. But before we fly away from the drone zone, uh, I thought maybe we would dip our toe in the rumored waters of one more little story, Stephen, if Ooh, you have a moment. The rumored waters of the drone zone rumors? Let's, let's dip. Let's go ahead and dip. Yesterday, DJI put out a teaser image, and it said, Unleash Your Other Side, May 15th, 2019. An inset image is what appears to be a young, very fit woman <laughs> swimming under the ocean. So they're going to sell young, very fit women now? <laughs> that is one theory. The this other is a theory. real <laughs> loophole, TJ. This is a real turnabout in their services. This is so strange. <laughs> the other theory is that they're going to be selling either a sub- marine type drone or what i'm hoping for is a waterproof drone that can go both in the sky and in the air like the drone that could transition yes do you remember that one do you remember that one where you, do. you could go from flying to in the water and then back out again i do and you crapped all over that and said that it would never work and only in that well, very now, controlled situation. But as, soon, as soon as you stamp DJI on it, I'm like, it now must it's gonna work. work. <laughs> yeah, they use a DJI to fly a heart from one hospital That's to right. another. It was you probably, can fly a heart. You well, can go underwater. Was it, it had to be an Inspire, right? They're not going to trust oh, no. a heart it's, to like a Mavic. <laughs> the Mavic <laughs> they, they put a heart on the bottom of a DJI Spark. They're like we don't, we can't, we cannot put any ice. Or, no, or a cooler. It's literally just twine wrapped around a heart, and they were just hoping that no birds got to that heart on the way over. <laughs> Man, vultures' population is going to go crazy over this. But no, they uh, DJI makes like a quad, a uh, octocopter that's uh, meant for these larger payloads. My friends have one that they fly their uh, their uh, Canon C100 with. Bigger than the Inspire, the Octocopter. Mm -hmm. Yep. Is that the Inspire 2, the Octocopter? No, it's, uh, it has its own name. It's it like its a custom name. build thing. It's like $35,000. Very nice. As I would hope it would be if it's going to carry something like a C100. Or a heart. <laughs> Whichever <laughs> yes, one is more important, you know? Equ equivalent value, I would say. I haven't looked at the black market value of a heart recently, but... It's probably right up there. Speaking of the value of things, Dustin, did you see that Adobe is testing raising prices on photographers? Uh, no. 
They didn't ask me for that test, so I can't say that I answered it. <laughs> I don't think anybody was like, yeah, no, I'd love to sign up for this this test where you raise the price from $10 a month to $20 a month. That sounds well, like that, something I'd be down to try out. That's how a test works, Steve. <laughs> that's kind of like how I figured out when we signed up for Squarespace, if I signed up at my parents' address versus our address, I was seeing different pricing. What was the pricing you were seeing different for Squarespace? It was just like a couple dollars more or less, but it was based on, this is when I still lived in New York, so it was based on zip code, what price I would see. Is this like a tax thing? No. They just had different pricing structures based on where you were located, because my brother emailed Squarespace and was like, hey, uh, my brother didn't like use a promo code or anything. Why is he seeing $10 a month when he's here in Fort Wayne, but when he's in New York, he's seeing $12 a month. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Adobe's testing yeah. out raising the price for its creative cloud photography plan, the plan that most of mm-hmm. us are probably on unless you're doing video work as well, where you just get the whole creative cloud suite. But uh, yeah. the creative cloud do. photography plan is currently $10 a month, and they're testing raising it to $20 a month. And this was spotted by uh, Peter Pixel, Petapixel. So why would they? Uh, why would they do that? Adobe's just not making enough money. Yeah, obviously. It's not like it's anything different. They've already taken away our option to just buy the software. Yep. And now they want us to subscribe to them for life, like rent. And now they want us to pay more. The new plan offers the trio of apps, so Lightroom CC, Lightroom Classic CC, and Photoshop CC, plus one terabyte of cloud storage. But it's double the old price. The old price only had 20 gigabytes of cloud storage. So they are giving you more. They're also giving you more cloud storage with this, with this one. Steve, I have so much effing cloud storage. I've got Dropbox. I have Google Drive. I have iCloud. Now I have Adobe Cloud. Come on. How many clouds do I need to own, Stephen? Well, I mean, I feel like this is where we should be taking a lesson from all these people. Um, right now, how much do you charge your clients for cloud access to their photos after their wedding? Apparently not enough. Yeah, no, we should have put all of our all of our clients on a $10 a month plan that starts as soon as the wedding is over. And now they have to pay $10 a month for the rest of their lives if they want to access those photos. Or they can download the photos or get them on a CD or whatever, a floppy disk, whatever style you choose, Dustin. And, uh, you know, find their own cloud solution. Uh, it kind of reminds me of... Obviously, we just built a house, so we're looking into landscaping options. So when I was bidding uh, our landscaping, uh, I noticed in several of the landscapers' contracts, there was a line item for a surcharge in the event that gas prices would exceed $3. Our pricing for everything would go up because of the amount of trucking they would need to bring everything in. Ooh. And I was like, wonder if we could do that for weddings. Can we be like, if gas prices exceed $3, now your photography <laughs> prices go up because of how much driving I have to do on your wedding day? Yeah. yeah. Your engagement session and just like going to the post office to mail your USB drive. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to charge them, what, $5 more <laughs> because yeah. gas prices went up. 
I need an extra whole one and a half gallons of gas because of you. Yeah, you got it, dude. That's a that's a good plan. I think you should definitely add that to your contract. Nobody will ever Perfect. push back on that. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. I should call you Steve the Lawyer Van Elk. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely refer to me that way. <laughs> that's, that's not going to get us both in trouble at all. Don't worry about that. I do want to talk to you about B&H's new uh, tax evasion um, thing they're doing. <laughs> Their tax evasion thing. All right, lay it on me. Let's, let's uh, you know, we're, we're talking about money now, so let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about pay boo. Welcome to Wedding Photo Hangover Finances. <laughs> uh, so B&H rolled out, uh, they sent out an email to their users last week or early this week, um, just saying, hey guys, we know the pain of having to pay taxes like you're supposed to anyways on the out-of-state uh shipments from B&H and we here at B&H really want to help make this right. So we've been slaving away at figuring out a way to offset that pain. And um they are coming out with something called Payboo, which is, is it Payboo the... or is it Payboo? Is it spooky? I feel like I it's spooky. It, I think it's more like poo Like really fast like poo those are too fast. Yeah. I don't. It just sounded like you're going boo boo, boo boo, boo boo, boo boo, hey boo boo, hey boo boo. Let's get over here watch some Blu-ray DVDs. Um, boo boo. Yeah. No, no. Yogi Bear likes picnic baskets. <laughs> Why is he going after Blu-ray DVDs? He likes a good movie, man. <laughs> no, I've seen the Yogi movie. It's it's not good. But so they can't, I guess my thinking is just to give you the nuts and bolts, it's really just an overrated B&H credit card that's going to have some sort of a cut rate uh, rewards program that's going to give you um, rewards in the sense of refunding you what you would have paid in sales tax, uh, depending on what state you're in and what your tax rate is. So... I think it's kind of a silly thing. I'm not a big proprietor of loving to have a lot of credit cards, so I don't foresee myself getting this. But I think it's kind of an interesting move on B&H's part. I applaud them for trying to get you that 7 or 8% back because on big, big purchases, that is a lot. But legally speaking, not that I'm saying I do this, but you're supposed to claim taxes on out-of-state purchases regardless of whether you paid them or not. <laughs> did Did you read what they wrote? Am I paying I sales tax on my purchase? B&H will yes. collect and remit state sales tax in accordance with state sales tax laws and regulations. Yeah. You're all you're good. Paying sales, yeah, you're paying the sales tax and then they're like refunding you in the form of credit card rewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, credit card rewards that will mostly not ever get used. Correct. Good on B&H. They're jumping right in there with uh, Apple, <laughs> making credit cards, <laughs> selling credit I cards. Might get the, I might get the Apple one, though. The Apple one looks sexy. Just because it's metal? Yeah. And because it's Apple. Yeah. Isn't it a titanium card or something like that? They already have all, my, all of my information anyways. Why not give them my financial? I got an Amazon card, I think. I don't know. Probably not. Can you... 
Can you hear Max? Yes, I can a little bit. Let me. Do you let need me to go take care of monitor? No, I'm just gonna unplug the monitor. Okay. You said you have an Amazon credit card. No, I didn't say anything about my personal financial systems and stuff that uh, somebody could possibly hack my Amazon account and steal. I did not. So. So how is the Amazon credit card? <laughs> it's just like any other credit card, except uh, with the Amazon credit what card. Was it, what you was get, the number? What was the number on it? No, let me read it off for you. Um, with the Amazon <laughs> credit card, you get a. Uh, what is it like six months to a year for purchases over a hundred dollars to pay them off? Mm. I think it's six months before you have to start making payments and you don't get any interest. Like it doesn't accrue any interest in that first six months or something like that. So, so whenever you buy like laundry detergent, you're like, yeah, I don't have to pay for that for six months. Suck I gotta it. buy this in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get over a hundred dollars worth of this detergent. So Jen comes home and she's like, "Why is why is there so many paper towels here? Because I didn't want to pay for that shit yet. (laughs) Yet. That's six months from now, Steve's. (laughs) Six months from now, Steve's gonna have a lot of problems. But Steve, right now, he's golden. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like half of America. So, Dustin, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. Um, so, we talked about what the die-in. Talk to me about. We talked about the die-in, and that mm-hmm. was uh, some weird foreign news that took place in a public place. So, this doesn't mm-hmm. really tie in that well. But <laughs> so, banana eating artwork banned in Poland for being scandalous. So, a museum in Poland had to uh, pull artwork out because these are photographs. Photographs of people eating bananas because they were too obscene. But the great thing about it was people people ridiculed this um, gallery in Poland for pulling this. And the way they chose to ridicule it was by posting photos of themselves eating bananas to Twitter and Instagram. Or fruit in general. <laughs> yes. So for like two days, if you followed the like whatever the the story was on Twitter, you just had like a flood of banana photos. People like normal people in like shirts eating bananas. It was, it was it was perfect. It made my day. Yeah, yeah. So where are we going with this? <laughs> There's nowhere to go with it, Dustin. It? it just brought joy to my life. Have you ever had something in your life that brought joy to your life and made your life substantially better? Yeah, his name is Stephen. Va- his name is Stephen Van Elk. That's why I podcast with him every week. And I try to get him to come to Indiana so I can enjoy a really nice glass of bourbon. I live in Indiana. Every week, every week I'm disappointed. I drink alone with my virtual friend that may or may not be artificial intelligence. Yeah. Teasing me of his existence. I could just be some meat skin slapped on top of some metal (laughs) over here. You got that right. I would have think they would have done a better job toning up that metal. It's too lifelike. Well, they want to keep it (laughs) true to life. (laughs) Joshua from a random Facebook group shared this gem. Do you want to, do you want to take this one? Oh, no, 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 no. You wanted to do this. You go for it, buddy. I was asking on Wedding Wire about why people tend to think about photographers before video and got this response. I am a 20-year-old videographer and have never been so insulted before. 
but at least I see their mindset about what we do. So Mandy wrote into Josh and said, to start with, I'm a photographer, so I have a bias. Wedding videos are so strange to me. The current trend is a three-minute highlight reel. I could do that in iMovie with raw footage from cell phones myself. I don't want to pay for something like that, and a full video of the day sounds like a snooze fest. I can frame a photo and put it on my wall and enjoy it constantly without having to pull out the TV. She's got a pull-out TV, Dustin. How cool is that? (laughs) forget everything else that was stated in this that's the only thing i want to talk to you about pull out tvs it's very future like of her it's sort of like you know how people some people have pull out beds for when guests come over oh yeah she can be like oh my god oh my god seinfeld's on pull out the tv honey (laughs) you gotta get in the closet they gotta get the cables out and then they roll it out it's on a cart i imagine it's on a cart in this story they're rolling it out of this mythical closet they got to run like a big, long wire that's hooked to the next door neighbor's cable line because they're stealing cable. Yeah. No, I, I imagine more of like a situation where she goes into her apartment in New York City and it's so small. There's just not enough room in there. So, you know, she has the hideaway bed that like folds up into the wall and then the hideaway TV that folds up into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got to conserve that wall space. Probably the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Pulls yeah. down. Yeah. Well, it's a very uh, <laughs> it's a very short apartment as well. So, you know, she has mm-hmm. to walk stoop the whole time. So if the TV was down, she could bump her head on it. But since it's up, she's probably okay until she pulls mm-hmm. it down. Well, I do think uh, in bigger cities such as New York and Boston and Chicago, L.A., maybe not L.A., but people don't have TVs. So when they think of watching TV, they think of like an iPad or a laptop. And so when they think pull out the TV, they're like pull out their computer. You know what I mean? Dustin, I've said this to you before, but words mean things. You can't just say don't. pull out a TV if you're pulling out an iPad. You're pulling out an iPad. Mm-hmm. It's you can't like just say I'm pulling out an iPad and then pull out an Android tablet. Like, th- th- no, n- no. I, the, just the term in general, pull out, just, just a little little foggy right. on that. Um, you can't say, I'm going to whip out this banana art <laughs> and then pull your but dick you out. Do. But you do. <laughs> as long as it has appeal. It's too but, scandalous. Um, it's too scandalous. But can we get down to the meat and potatoes of this, Steve? Why do people value photography more than videography? I know this is a hot-button issue, but we are not a podcast that avoids hot-button issues, Stephen Van Elk. As somebody who both does photo and video and dabbles in a little bit of typewriting, what do you think about this topic? I don't understand it. I mean... We've been selling um, 30-minute podcast episodes of people's weddings, and we just go and record audio of everything that happens at the wedding. Then we cut them a little podcast episode, and we put that up onto uh, Apple for them to download. And I'm selling those for 10000 a piece, so I don't understand mm-hmm. why this person can't sell you know, their video, their three-minute highlight reel at the spot that they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think it goes back a lot to what Mandy's saying about 
putting something up on the wall and having an album, I think that's very, it's a very real thing. When Jen and I walk into our house, we have photos of our kids on the wall. We can see those photos every day. So, so you're saying you don't take videos of your kids? I'm saying there's not a video playing on a loop when we walk into our house for us to enjoy and think, wow, our children. Whose fault is that? Our children are beautiful, magnificent human beings. Look at all that DNA. That's our DNA. We put that out (laughs) into the world. We're so great. Yeah. That's what I think every time I look at a photo of my myself and my wife and my children. I think that is our DNA splattered across the world. (laughs) In more ways than one. And now splattered across our walls, you know? You don't get that with a video. You don't get that with a video. Doesn't do you have a wedding video? I do. I do. How often do you watch that wedding video? Once a week. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because we were just having this conversation earlier. Uh, one of our new neighbors uh, came over to see our house for the first time, and uh, we were giving them the tour, and we were talking about weddings. And their wedding photographer and all of that good stuff that goes into that. And uh, the topic of video came up. And the first thing he said was like, I was not want, I was unwilling to pay for a wedding video. That's where I drew the line on our wedding budget. Mm-hmm. And um, they ended up getting a, their photographer had like a friend that wanted to try a wedding out for the first time. I think it was like a sibling and shot their wedding for a hundred bucks, just the cost of like renting a few things. And, uh, what were they, they renting was, a GoPro? I, I think they were just renting uh, a lens for a GoPro the photographer's backup camera or something. Okay. You can rent a lens for like 80 bucks or something. Yeah, yeah you can. That is true. Um, but yeah, so they shot the, shot the video and they said they were so happy and so excited, um, that they had this video and it was so much better than they ever expected, um, for the price, especially, <laughs> And the whole time bucks, I, yeah. And the whole time I wanted to be like, so do you now see the value of wedding videography? But I bit my tongue because they're new neighbors. We don't know them a whole lot, whole well. And um, yeah. I think w- the biggest problem with videos is videos can't be, at least they can't yet be like an heirloom thing that you pass down. Like, my mom and dad's wedding album still exists. And if I wanted to, I could go up there and get that, and I could look at the pictures of them on their wedding day. But if, you're, if your mom and dad had a wedding video on, like, say, VHS... Um, that would be lost forever, because you who could have would know what to do? To... That's the problem, Dustin. If it's on a VHS, then I have to get it moved from a VHS to a DVD. Then I have to get it moved from a DVD to a Blu-ray. Then I got to get it moved from a Blu-ray. Okay, by that time, it would have just been a digital file on a computer somewhere, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And then it's a digital file on a computer somewhere. And how often are you digging through digital files on computers? Like, Jen and I have all of our wedding photos. on my phone. So, and it's on Vimeo. So anytime I want to watch it. Oh my gosh, I'm so bored right now. Every week you pull your phone out to watch your wedding video. That's how much I want to remember the love and admiration I had for my wife the day I said and pledged my everlasting love to her. Plus I have a really good wedding video. 
I don't care. I know you do. About. It's okay. I don't care about the way, the way I felt on the day of our wedding, because every single day I love Jen more, and I don't need to go back to the past to try to capture that feeling, because that love has continued to grow, and I love her more now than I ever did on our wedding day. So then wouldn't the same be said, if that is true, your thoughts right there, mm-hmm. true, doubt it, but if they are, wouldn't you feel the same about your wedding photos? Yes. Mm, boom. Trap set. Steven, walk into Except it. Except those wedding photos can be on display around your house and you can enjoy them every day. You're not going to dig through a computer to get a file. Oh, so it's okay to enjoy your wedding photos every day. But your wedding video, if you watch it once a week, that is just bananas. Bananas. Crazy town bananas. Do you know how much attention you have to pay to a video when you're watching it? That takes your whole world. That's your whole world for the next five, ten minutes is watching that video. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much attention you spend on a photo? (laughs) Zero attention. You just (laughs) glance at it as you walk by. That is bringing you joy every day of your life. In little tiny glance amounts. <laughs> but if I want to drink the whole bottle, I have the wedding video. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting drunk on your wedding every night of the week? Apparently. <laughs> That's why you're always wedding hungover. <laughs> wedding hungover. Uh, no, I, I mean, that is half the reason we started doing video is because of the fact that we had a wedding video done and I found so much value in it. That I wanted to be able to give that. That you wanted gift. to make up bullshit lies about how you watch it every week. Got it. I know. Mm-hmm. I know that feel. Now your clients can also lie to people and say they watch their wedding video every week. You've given them that joy, that ability. I What I love, though, so our neighbors that we met this evening, um, when we were talking about wedding photos, he made the remark that is one of my favorites. He said, we loved our wedding photos. We looked at them so much for that whole week after our wedding yep (laughs) and he's like and i've never looked at them again (laughs) which is the same way people feel about the video that's why you have to do something that you can print and put up Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. that's what's Mm -hmm. so important about it but here's the thing uh wedding video takes so much more time takes more equipment um, it takes more time. Like you have to literally shoot more on the day. You have to have more memory cards because you're writing out much more data when you're shooting a video than you are when you're taking photos. Um, you're recording not just the video aspects, but you also typically have something capturing just the audio, possibly like from the DJ soundboard, possibly another mic or two mics. Um, the groom, the officiant. Um, you've got. <laughs> So I think, guys, what Steve is trying to get at here... You just, it, it takes so much more to do a video, so it doesn't make sense that video is most of the time cheaper than photos. It doesn't so make sense from the perspective of how much time and effort is put into it, but from the perspective of what you're going to see, what you're going to show other people, photos trump video. That's why photos are more important. But Stephen is trying to allude to something new and exciting that we're rolling out where Stephen and I will come to your wedding and we will do a podcast taping at your wedding where we narrate your wedding day in audio form. (laughs) 
a much more practical and underused and underutilized um, medium. Yeah, so no. screw screw imagery, screw moving images. This is just pure earlobe eardrum <clears throat> joy. Every day you get in the car and you, just, you put that podcast on, and you just hear um, real quick. Uh, let's give him a taste of what that'd be like, Dustin. Here comes like, the bride. Ooh, she wore that walking oh. down the aisle, wearing the most beautiful dress. Wait, Dustin, did you beautiful say wearing is that? A bit- Mm-hmm. I did. Steve, I would have gone with the Vera Wang, not that David's Bridal special. That is for but sure. But Vera Wang doesn't make a mermaid costume in a wedding dress. She's literally hopping down the aisle right now, Dustin. How do you not love this? There's even this, a seagull this... that's just flown in. It's alighted upon her shoulder. Oh, oh, she can't breathe, though. She cannot breathe out of the water. This is... Well, well. Poseidon's trident. This is a fabulous wedding. I'm glad I'm glad you came around on that one. <laughs> the waves of Jupiter have blessed this day. By golly, this might be one of the finest seaside weddings we've ever done, Stephen. Oh, Did I mention we would be drinking while we film or record these? <laughs> very drunk. Very, very drunk. Dustin, um, Steven, do we have time for one more? I think we, we got to do this. We got to do this. Prom is coming. It's prom mm-hmm. season. Rachel sure. Girdler on Twitter has this to say, prom is not a wedding. It's you not? do not need a proposal or professional makeup or an entire bouquet or the newest one I've seen professional photographers am i the only one confused by this just have your mom take some awkward pics on the porch like the rest of us did uh so rachel from the twitterverse mm-hmm. i'm gonna disagree with you on this one because gift rachel i i have done <laughs> i have done prom photos in the past and i quite frankly really enjoyed it a, it's super awkward. You've got all these parents standing around you while you're trying to make non-wedding, non-engagement photos of 17, 18-year-old children. Okay, now go and ahead and kiss her and now brush mm-hmm. her hair back. Really get in there with the tongue, though, on that kiss. Oh, and I love it when they when they say, but we're just going as friends. That's okay. I'm That's trying okay. to help you no, guys no. <laughs> You can go as friends and still enjoy making out beforehand. Have you not heard the term friends with benefits? And then you just turn around and you look at the parents. You go like, you guys have heard the term friends with benefits, right? That's how you guys got married, right? That's how he or she was conceived, right? And the mom and the dad are like, yeah, no, we, we still don't love each other. This is, this was just friends with benefits. where One of us got pregnant and now we're stuck. But, um, I, yeah, I've always enjoyed doing it. It's a really easy way to make some cash if you're not shooting a wedding on the Saturday of prom. Because I charge like $100 a couple here, at least locally. These kids travel in huge groups, you know, 10 couples at $100 a couple. You know, make an easy 1000 bucks if you can hit up two or three prom groups on a Saturday. My goodness, it's way easier than shooting a wedding. I mean, down in Indianapolis, if you go down to the circle, like uh, the Soldiers and Sailors Monument, the circle that gives the city the name Circle City. Yeah, yeah. Been there. Done that. Uh, 
when prom's going on, you will just see 20, 30 different couples around the circle at all times of day just getting photos taken. And it starts super early, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it'll be started. And then they'll still be there until like 7. Yeah, my sister did beach sessions in South Carolina. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And all I can say to to Rachel from the Twitters is... uh. Photographers out here trying to make money. Why are you trying to get in the way of that, Rachel? And just because you don't want to do it, Rachel. Yeah. Start referring them to us. Yeah, I'm trying to get my nose wet. You know what I'm saying? What I would love to do is if I could try and talk prom couples into doing their photos the day before prom. Mm, yeah. When the See, guy doesn't have the tux rented yet. <laughs> the really awful, ill-fitting tux. Well, no, because typically you can pick up the tux the day before. Ah. And so if she already has the dress, the only hiccup would be hair and makeup. And maybe the corsage. Uh, Ra- Rachel stuff. said they don't need hair and makeup, so you're good there. Well, Rachel can go suck it. Because <laughs> the girls here in the Midwest need that hair and makeup. And if, as far as I'm concerned, so do the men. If there is a new thing out there that people are willing to pay money for, Rachel, maybe let them pay their own money for it and let people like me and Dustin get that cheddar. Mm-hmm. Or Gouda. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Let us get that Gouda, actually. <laughs> Screw cheddar. Unless it's white cheddar. White cheddar's great. Mm. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. What? <sighs> Doesn't we've been going on way too long on the topics? Let's do some Q and A. Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve, Dustin, I see you added something to the Q and A. Do you want to take this first one? I would love to, Stephen. This first one that's probably fake. Uh, no, this one actually got emailed to us directly from an anonymous listener of this podcast. Um, my wife's identity, unless you sent this one in, did you send this one in to us? I'm just skeptical of anything that gets sent to us where we can't trace it back. That's all. Okay. All right. But it's a fun um, one. So let, let's do it anyway. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Mm, rabbit for hole Just me. a minute. My wife's identical twin sister is getting married. Yes, we, First of all, can we take a pause? I always thought that would be so weird to be married to an ident- like an identical twin. Mm-hmm. Anyways, my wife's identical twin sister is getting married. I'm not a part of the wedding, just doing the photography. That's more my speed, if you know what I mean. And I do. And I do, Anonymous. <laughs> my sister-in-law asked if she could also book me to do boudoir photos. I tried to say no. I really did. And then she said, it's not like it's anything you haven't seen before. And then her and my wife shared a look and giggled. And my wife's face turned red. What the f*** is going on? And how do I get out of this awkward situation? Thanks for keeping it real, Stephen Dustin. I love this podcast. It's my very favorite, XOXO Anonymous. It ended after thanks for keeping it real. <laughs> I've seen the email. Why are you lying now? Uh, I, 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 some of the email got clipped in the Oh, before I saw it? Okay, front. got yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a clipping path for data usage because we don't have Adobe Terabyte. Well, thanks, Anonymous. Uh, Dustin and I, we always like to keep it real. We like to keep it the most real for everyone out there. Mm -hmm. 100%. (sighs) Oh, man, this is a tough one. Dustin, 
Mm-hmm. Yuck. What, what are your thoughts on this, bud? Well, so, Steve, my first instinct is to take this email and just kind of pull it apart in pieces okay. and analyze pull, it pull, bit Pull by me bit. apart, buddy. Uh, so the first thing I would like to say is when the sister makes the comment, it's not like it's anything you haven't seen before. And then her wife, his wife, and her share a look. It makes me think that maybe she has a tail. Something that she's embarrassed about, Stephen. And so she wants him to shoot this because she assumes you're okay with this because you married her and you've obviously seen her naked. So, or him. Maybe, you know, maybe there's no like a, here. maybe there's like a real stank, you know, when, when the, uh, the clothes come off and, uh, it's an uncontrollable thing. Like, it's genetics. Like onions. Yeah. And, uh, she's afraid. Or ranch. She'll, like ranch. she'll take those undies off for the, the boo, boo, boudoir photos. And, um, it, there'll be a real, real big stank. And, um, you know, somebody else who's not familiar with the her identical sister's stank, um, you know, might be uh, upset by that. Might might be, so I th- you know, say something thing, uncomfortable. So the other thing, Stephen, that came to my mind when uh, good old Adam Monimus sent this to us was... You can't um, say the person's name, Adam Monimus. <laughs> now everybody will know who this person is, Adam Monimus. Damn it, Dustin. Good old anonymous. Um, why not propose this situation? Okay, let's say boudoir sessions five hundred dollars. Instead of shooting you, I'm going to shoot my wife, and then we'll give you the photos because it's not like it's anything he hasn't already seen. It's not like your future spouse will be able to tell the difference, right? Right. You're identical twins. Who's going to know? You both have tails. <laughs> the stink comes through in the photos. Like, we know this. <laughs> Scratch and sniff. I rub some of that sweet onion sauce on from Arby's. Is that a real thing at Arby's? I don't know. I haven't been in a while. <laughs> so it feels like it would be. Ugh, yuck. Mm. Yup. Yuck. I'm glad these are the places your mind went because my mind, when I read this was like, Oh, this, this person got sex crimed. This person got sex crimed by their, their wife and their sister-in-law. They got, they got sex crimed real good. What, uh, define sex crime for those of us who don't watch a lot of TV. Oh, it's when, uh, somebody lies to you about their identity or who they are in order to have sex with you. And, uh, then, then they, they have the sex with you and then, you know, you've, you've been, you've been, You've been crimed. You've been sex crimed. It's it's a crime. So what you're saying is this isn't actually an identical twin? No, I'm saying it is an identical twin. I'm saying they pulled a switcheroo. It's not like it's anything you haven't seen before. Wink, giggle, laugh. <laughs> we did a switcheroo on you. We went to a hotel and we switched rooms and we didn't tell you. You know, maybe uh, her oh, sister. Oh, I see what you're saying. Never, this is like a past tense crime yeah. that has been happening. The sister had never, oh, okay. never had you know D before, and just you know wanted some D one day or some V. I don't know because we don't. Adam Anonymous could be male or female, so you know. <sighs> oh, interesting. So you're reading into this that when she said it's not like it's 
anything you haven't seen before, they did a, a little um, parent think, trap action. Yeah, I think that's why Adam Anonymous is so upset and said, what the F is going on? I think Adam Anonymous thinks maybe this happened. Maybe Adam Anonymous is thinking back to that one time in Mexico. Uh, they were they were down. They were having some margaritas, eating some tacos, all the touristy things you can do. Maybe they went on a zipline adventure. Maybe a little cave dive. Yeah, and uh, they they went back to the hotel, and maybe that night, like his his wife was just acting real weird in the sack, and you know. He never put it together until now. And now he's like, I was sex crimed. Why, why did Adam Anonymous climb into a sack? He was sack story. <laughs> Is that something you do in Mexico? You climb into like potato sacks? I'm just saying where my mind went. My mind went to a terrible place. A place no one wants to live in. A place where you don't trust your wife anymore. That could really f*** you up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that really brought us down a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm here for, buddy. <laughs> wow, let's knock one out of the park. This guy. Yeah, I feel this, bad for this. that's that's why that was the so aside from me not wanting to do this because I didn't know if it was real or not because our other anonymous listener questions always come from like a person on Instagram DMing us so we can verify that they're real and this one this one came through our our website so we couldn't verify and it just it felt kind of. Uh, not so great to me. Well, the silver lining out of it is that people are finding the website. <laughs> the silver lining. Adam Anonymous, you're going to need therapy for the rest of your life. Don't worry about it, though. You found the website, and that's a real plus for us. <laughs> so what Steve's trying to say is you need to jump on over to Steve and Dustin Save the World. <laughs> we'll save your world. And we will save that world, my friend. Our next question comes from Phantom producer Louis Novak. Louis, Mr. Novak. how is it going? Uh, Louis wants to know what drone should he buy to shoot real estate? Can't break the bank on this one. I'm paraphrasing what he actually wrote, but uh, can't break the bank. Wants to know what drone he should get. Mm-hmm. 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 I assume yeah. you did not see these uh, messages. Did not. Nope. Dustin, what, you... So what drone should he buy, Steve? <laughs> oh, Louis, I want to tell you about what I look for when I look for a drone. Um, what I'm looking for is something like you said, Louis, drone? that doesn't break the bank. But also something something that, you know, probably you could pick it up and learn how to fly it in about five minutes. Because with the amount of time you're going to be spending flying this drone... Every time you pick it up, you're going to be relearning how to fly it. Let's be honest here. Um, And then, you know, something that maybe could take a beating. So I have a Mavic Pro. The Mavic Pro works really well for me. Every time I pick it up, I have to reteach myself how to fly it because it's been so long in between flying. Um, So, yeah, storage capability is a good thing then, too. You don't want it to break down in storage. You don't want those parts to deteriorate. That's why I keep my Mavic Pro vacuum-packed when I'm not using it, which is uh, about 95% of the time. So, yeah. that that much? Uh, 95% of the time when I'm actually shooting video. So, you know. Oh, gotcha. So, uh, 99.9% of... Time in general. Actual yeah. time in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, with time, that'll become 99.99. With more time, it'll be 99.9999999. You know, 
<laughs> really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really the, the math on that just it keeps getting better. Um, so, Louie, I'm glad I've inspired you to get into real estate photography. What I would recommend if you have a bank that you can break, um, I have really enjoyed the Phantom, excuse me, the Mavic Pro 2, which has the Hasselblad camera on it. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't Uh, recommend a Phantom? But you've owned like uh, eight Phantoms. So I shoot pretty exclusively with my Phantom for real estate. Uh, purely because the remote has the built-in screen, the one I purchased. Ah, and there's something nice. of ease with that where you don't have to, you don't have to take your phone, your phone case phone off. And click in yeah. a little wire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about those wires and whether or not you'll break them because, well, let's be honest, you broke every single other wire you plug into your phone at least 10 times. So, Right, yep. And so that's why I really like the Phantom. Um, I have a Pelican case and lots of batteries for it. Um, starts up pretty fast, relatively speaking. And I feel like if I hit a tree, it can really take a beating. See, but, I've only ever hit a shrub with mine, so. Yeah. But it was a shrub in quality. a different country, so it's it could take mm-hmm. an international beating. International <laughs> beating. <Yeah. laughs> broke some some international law there yeah yeah Um, i did but i if i if i had to pick a drone and uh if i could find like a used mavic pro 2 that's probably what i would do if you're really starting off and you're not charging a whole lot i would just get the mavic air or the mavic pro don't get the mavic air it doesn't uh it doesn't have the rf controller it just only has the uh wi-fi controller so you don't get as much range yeah, but it's small enough that it can keep underneath the FAA regulations, so you don't really need a license. But for with that the Mavic one. Air, if you're in like a place with a lot of Wi-Fi, then it doesn't work really. Uh, it's fine. Um, he's he lives in Ohio. Um, <laughs> Nobody lives in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, just an entire empty state, like like a Nebraska. <laughs> like a nebraska like we have multiple of those (laughs) it's a little bit hillier than in nebraska ohio is technically a midwestern state not a great plains state but you know welcome to new nebraska (laughs) that one where they have a south nebraska and a north nebraska no that's the dakotas that's the dakotas also not midwestern states (laughs) also great plains both great states lou if you want to practice flying a drone very flat yeah yeah just uh you know watch out for telephone poles uh but lou i would um to, to kind of go a little more generalized with your question i really recommend the dji uh of drones i find them to be the most user-friendly and um just overall you know as far as like moving from drone to drone as they constantly push out newer models the learning curve is less because you're used to the controls you're used to the uh, mechanisms and the menus and the updating procedures they're just a altogether good bet cool 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 and the resale value is better if you're someone like steve that only uses it once i'm not selling my drone i love my drone in that vacuum packed bag i've used it at least four times he hangs it on his wall like his wedding photos so that when he passes by it it brings him joy yep every day there's a little bit of joy 
Jiminy Christmas. We've got a lot of stuff from uh, people, from, from real life listeners. Um, let's do one more and then we'll, mm-hmm. then we'll wrap mm-hmm. things up. Devin Roland from our very own Facebook group writes in to say, I love when weddings have a planner to deal with everything else going on, but I want mm-hmm. pretty much no involvement from them for my part of the day, aside from getting my food at the right time. Do you think it would be out of line to tell couples from the get-go that I'm going to be working out photo needs with them and not their planner? With better words about how I know what I need and their planner doesn't know, and they know what they want and their planner doesn't know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great question, Devin. And that's why here in Indiana, um, especially Fort Wayne, we just tell our brides, save that money on a wedding planner and just go with our biggest package because we know what they don't and they know what we don't. So just hire us. I'm sorry. What Devin, Devin said in her question that planners are a big help to, Mm -hmm. to, to the wedding. But are they, but are they, they are, I've worked with multiple Mm. planners. It's weddings always go 10 times better when there's a planner there. Mm, But do they, they do. They do, Dustin. They do? Yeah. Mm. This is why you don't ever get jobs with planners. Because <laughs> you talk like this about planners. I guess I just haven't found that magical one that I'm like, wow, game changer. The game means change. You got to change it, son. I guess. I mean, I have worked with some great planners in bloomington and indy but i'm talking more specifically about my local market Mm -hmm. so now let's get back to devin's actual question though yes so would it be out of line to tell couples from the get-go i'm going to be working out photo needs directly with you not with their planner so what you do devin is you just go up to that planner a, a few times throughout the wedding you place your hand on their low to mid back and you just say friend uh, yuck, Dustin. Friend. No. Ah. No? That's not the advice you would give there? No. Don't okay. be a Caleb. Jeez. Who is this Caleb? Caleb the videographer. <laughs> Did he have a name in that article? Uh, Caleb the videographer was the one who said, <laughs> said that the photographer would use flash on the surface of the sun. Oh. Gotcha. <laughs> this is a callback to an earlier episode. Yeah, okay. It's a good <sighs> thing one of us listens to him. It's a good thing. Ah, uh, yeah, man, you're really yucking on my yums tonight, man. Ugh. Mm, mm, mm. So it's being, Stephen, that I don't really work with wedding planners. Um, what, I mean, I feel ill-equipped to answer Devin's question. So a lot of times planners for the planners that Jen and I work with, they will work with us to try to figure out the best times. And Mm -hmm. when the bride has some crazy harebrained idea in her head about what can be done photo wise, the planner is the person who talks that bride down off a cliff and says, look, you only have 30 minutes for photos. You can't go to four different locations in downtown Indy and expect to get any photos done. Um, so for, for me, the plan, the planner does a lot of the work, but it sounds like for Devin, they're, they're not doing that good, good work. So I don't think it would be out of line in her case. If, if she's working with a planner she's worked with before, who doesn't represent her and her needs accurately when she's doing a wedding to just say to the couple, Hey, look, 
um, I would love to work with you on the photos and I would love to work directly with you because there are a lot of things that will take place on the day and there are things that I need to be in charge of, not a planner. How you word that when you're talking to the couple, I think it's something like, tell your planner to go to hell. I'm not dealing with this shit. I feel like, no. I feel like couples really respond well to direct confrontation. And then, and then you have to preface that though, like Devin said, where you say something like, and make sure you bring me my meal at the right time. Yeah, no. Uh, and like, no mayonnaise. Preferably, you do that conversation with the couple while the planner's also there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you want the, you want, you want everybody on the same page. And uh, on that page, you want to assert that you're the alpha dog in the situation. So, you know. So, what you do when you walk into Starbucks or the hotel or wherever you're having this meeting with the planner. Uh, first thing you do is you immediately tip over their chair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You walk in, you push their chair over, and you say... Are they sitting in the chair? You sit on the floor. You sit... No, not yet. You're all... Um, in my hypothetical world, you're all walking in together. You're greeting each other, and then you push over their chair. Yeah. I, w- I would say even as you walk in, um, you're trying to assert yourself as like an alpha dog in the situation. You know, maybe make a few wolf references to them just say like hey i want you guys to know um i consider us a wolf pack and uh (laughs) i think of myself as the lead wolf so then after you flip the planner's chair over you just you know maybe let out like an right there in the middle of starbucks you know just assert your dominance with a a lonely howl uh the kind of how that only like a wolf in leadership could really attain because you know the wolf in leadership is kind of detached from the rest of the pack nobody really understands a leader other than another leader and since the planner is not really a leader in this situation they're not going to understand that howl and that'll be okay because they're a beta wolf and they're just down the ground now and uh you just maybe say like come here lick my shoes and uh, then we'll be on the same page. We can move forward with this. And then you just look at the bride and the groom and you say wolf pack. And, uh, you know, if they're feeling it, they're on the same page as you. And they will be by this point in time. Uh, they'll just right back at you, you know. And mm-hmm, you guys can mm-hmm. all get a good howl going while the uh, planner licks your, licks your shoes a little bit. It'll be good. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Devin, if you don't feel that aggressive and you don't want to push over their chair, just bring a shorter chair with you um, and swap out the chair before the meeting. And then when everyone's seated at the table, you know, you offer the chair to the uh, planner and then they're awkwardly sitting at chin height to the uh, table at Starbucks, wondering the whole time why the hell of all the tables in this place who chose this one. Um, and that's how you assert, because then you look them in the eye and you said, this is my favorite table. Now, uh, the flip side of that, Devin, is you could power play the situation and you go to an area where there are three adult sized chairs and one child chair. And before anybody else sits down, you sit in the child chair. You let them know that even though you might be sitting smaller than them, you consider yourself to be larger than them. And that's why you chose the child's chair. Now you look like a giant in. I, I don't see that. I don't see that one working. You look like a giant in the little chair. Think about how powerful you look, Dustin. That man in a little jacket. Yeah. Now to really sell this, you're going to need to bring like a miniature size like fork and spoon and like a cup with you, <laughs> so you really get the whole giant motif going. 
Maybe, you know, if you could just say like fee fi fo foam a few times while you're in there. You really gotta sell this. It's a power yes. play. And you can you can definitely use this to work that power. Just picturing like a little pin a little pen in a in a a contract that's printed on like five by seven paper and you're like oh, Sorry, I always break my pen. You guys ready to sign the contract? But then you got to use that sleight of hand and switch out the little pen with a big pen when you go to give it to them. So then they get the pen and they're like, this is normal size. How is this person so much bigger than me? It's really going to pay all those magician classes that I assume you've been taking, Devin. Yes. Yes. Oh, Devin, I think we gave you a lot of good advice. And maybe, you know, after they sign that contract, you just, you know, you pull out your magician's smoke bomb, you throw it on the ground, poof, puff of smoke goes up, you grab that contract, you're out of the meeting before, you know, the planner or the people can say goodbye. Now they're like, this is a, so this is a person of mystery. Who is this person? We, we barely even know, but we already signed our contract and presumably they signed it in blood as all good contracts are signed. And and they're like, wow, they disappeared so fast. They didn't even pay their bill. I guess we have to pay their bill. And by we, I mean wedding planner. Yep. <laughs> it's a real power move. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is a strong beer. That's going to do it for us this week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. That's where you can find my man. Dustin McKibben. Uh, and mm-hmm. Steven, that's just mm-hmm. me. You can find me at Steven Van Ock. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. But if you really want to warm our hearts, if, if you find yourself thinking, I could use more Dustin and Steve every single week, as, jump as I do, on over to Steve and Dustin, save the world.com. This is not a joke. <laughs> It's a real thing. Um, speaking of which, we, it, we... I don't know. You should check it out and find out if it's a real no, thing. No, it's, it's a real thing. And speaking of it being a real thing, we actually uh, we have to give a, a digital high five to the first person who actually made the mistake of going to the um, that URL since you bought it, Dustin, and signing up to get bonus episodes of this uh, podcast. So our very first order of contention here, um, and this goes for anybody who jumps over to the Patreon and signs up at the $1, $5, amounts, whatever, whatever one you feel comfortable donating at, we will give you a shout out on the podcast. And our very first shout out goes to the man making it all happen, Ulysses Del Toro. That you guys might mm. know from the wedding photo hangover or the wedding photo podcast, not the wedding photo hangover podcast. That's ours, right? Um, but yeah, you might know him from. Jump here. on over. Um, we have two episodes of our new podcast called Stephen Dustin Save the World, where we answer more questions. Um, we're we're getting so many questions from people in our Facebook group that we don't really do a lot of random Facebook questions anymore. So Stephen Dustin Save the World is all random Facebook stuff now. Um, we are doing two to three questions every single week. 
there. So if you want more more of this good, good content, you can get it there. Um, and that's on the $5 tier or the higher ones, you get that. And um, you also, if you want to go up to the $7.50 tier, that would give you not only that bonus content, but you would also get the the episodes. Ad-free. Ad-free ad episodes. Yeah. Yeah, so we, wow. we priced everything out, and it would cost about two fifty if you stopped listening to the podcast. No, <laughs> I wish. But, yeah, no, uh, for just seven fifty, you get all the ad-free content. Um, we also have, uh, we, we had, like, a whole intro conversation with Nathan Holritz from our last podcast, and, like, an mm-hmm. outro conversation that was not really relevant to what we were talking about. Um, but it was also like just interesting conversation about photography and stuff. Um, that's available to everybody at the $5 and seven fifty tier as well. Mm. So it's just like 10, 15 minutes of us talking with Nathan before and afterwards, which honestly was probably better than the whole episode. <laughs> honestly, uh, going forward, we're probably going to start doing that with all of our guests if we can, but that'll always be available for the, uh, higher, higher tiers the $5 and the seven fifty. But yeah, if you want to get a shout out on the podcast like Ulysses Del Toro did, um, just drop us a line. Can we just talk a minute about Ulysses Del Toro? Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time your head is pounding. You'll just be like dead weight in your entire being. Thanks for the sweet embrace of death. That's right next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. You have something you want to say about Ulysses Del Toro? How crazy was it that he was shooting a wedding with Larry Marshall? Yeah. Yeah, my friend Larry. What a small world. Well, Larry lives in San Diego, and I've been telling Ulysses he should reach out to him, try to get him on his podcast, because he talks about video production on his podcast, and uh, Larry does video production. Mm-hmm. Larry was the best wedding videographer in Indiana. Then he moved to California. As all great videographers do. Yeah. But he moved to San Diego. Not not a real video town. Not like L.A. So I thought he moved somewhere in between L.A. and San Diego. Possibly. Possibly, I don't know. That way he could have a little bit of the best of both worlds. Dustin, more importantly, have you... Spoiler alert for everybody out there. We're going to talk a little bit about Avengers Endgame now. Dustin, have you watched Avengers Endgame? I did. Steven, I finally watched it. I consumed that like a delicious cheeseburger. So, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Did you like the movie? I enjoyed it. So, I do think... um, I do think it helps to have watched the first Avengers, uh, Infinity War, that is. Um, <laughs> the first half of the movie, the Avengers Infinity yes. War. Well, I had I heard was listening to so many people complain about how they didn't like the movie, and I would ask them, have you seen Infinity War? And they said, yeah, I saw it when it came out. But I think you really had to have seen it recently to refresh your memory banks because this movie, like you told me, literally picks up from where that one stops. So you need to have that in your mind because it's one movie cut into two. It's not a single movie in my mind, Mm -hmm. which I love. I love that they didn't try to cram that whole storyline into one movie. They split it up. I respect that, that they wanted to make twice as much money. Completely respect that. Yeah, no. I mean, they're on track now to be, uh, you know, bigger than that shitty movie that's uh, currently made the most money. What movie made the most money? Avatar. I love Avatar. Oh my gosh! Nobody likes Avatar. Name the n- name one character in that movie. The blue guy. Yeah, exactly, so good. exactly. 
that movie has zero memorable characters. Like you couldn't name anything from that movie except for like, oh, well, visually there's some cool stuff happening at a few points. I loved everything about it so much that I bought a Panasonic TV so that I could get it on (laughs) Blu-ray. When that movie came out, it came out on HD DVD. Did you get it on HD DVD too? No, they came. It came out on DVD, and for whatever reason, they were not releasing it on Blu-ray unless you bought some sort of like bundle deal with a Panasonic uh, DVD player or TV. And so that is I, not true at all. But excuse me, not uh, Blu-ray, 3D. That might be true because you would need the technology, the right technology for that, and they wouldn't want people buying it, kinda, it who didn't it, have that technology. Yeah, it kind of came out at the uh, same time that uh, 3D TVs were just starting to come out. Wow, here I was thinking we were about to talk about how that one time everybody in the Avengers had to quantum leap inside the Hulk's butt to get all that stuff out of it. But no, mm-hmm. you want to talk about Avatar. Oh, jeez. I don't want to talk about Avatar. You need to talk about Avatar. <laughs> Well, did you hear the the news? They uh they pushed back the sequel to Avatar another year, and they pushed back the uh, the prequel two years. So why? Uh, it's just not going to be done in time. Mm. Uh, James Cameron said that the new Avatar, when it's released, is going to be like the last Avatar, where it'll be released with some new technology that no one's ever seen before or even thought about being possible because he knows that the avatar movies are such pieces of shit that they won't sell on their own. So he has to come up with some sort of new technology like he did with the last one that'll force people to go see it because it's so different and so much better than anything that came before. So my question is, um, the current rumor, uh, based on comic fans, uh, around the Marvel universe is that the, tinking sound at the end of Avengers is to denote that Tony Stark goes back in time somehow, some way using those extra vials he took and he changes his past when he's in that cave in the first Iron Man and just dies. (laughs) No, to make his little, glowy heart thing better and then somehow that entire sequence of infinity war never happens because iron man is is uh is a different stronger better smarter character that's so dumb apparently that's what happens in the comic books or something like that i don't remember exactly what this guy said verbatim but he was telling me what, because my wife was really mad that we stayed till the end to see what happened after the credits. And all we heard was tink, 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 tink. And so she was asking around, she's like, what the hell does this mean? Like I stayed this long and almost peed myself for that. And um, he was saying that that's what it alluded to based on comic books. I thought it alluded to Tony Stark's daughter becoming Iron Man. Not his wife becoming Rescue. No. Uh, I heard it was just an allusion to the fact that he built his own Iron Man suit in the very first one. So it was kind of bookending the fact that the MCU really kicked off with Iron Man. And now it was a the end of Iron Man 11 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one interpretation. Yeah. But we'll see. 
Yeah, no, we will. Plus, I mean, mm-hmm. the the whole end of the movie kind of is undercut by the movie itself. If you remember when they go back in time, they say, don't change anything. Don't do anything that can't, you know, because any, anything you do shatters our realities and spins off and makes a whole new reality. And they're like, in case you didn't get it the first time, we're going to have uh, the Hulk slash Bruce Banner go and talk to the Ancient One from the Doctor Strange comics slash movies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to explain it all again about the way the time travel works and show that there's a whole new reality created if she gives him the stone and the stone doesn't come back to her and basically then like as soon as that conversation's done loki gets the stone and just disappears so universe shattered uh i mean even more on top of that then uh tony when yeah, he snaps really he snaps away on. thanos and all of thanos's bad guys so they never could go back in time to the point where Thanos could get the gauntlet and get everything. So that's shattering a whole different reality now. Like the reality they came from is a completely different separate reality. Uh, so there's at least two different realities that we know of, uh, possibly many, many more, as you've probably seen from the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home trailer, where Mysterio shows up and says he's from a different universe or whatever. Um, so it kind of undercuts everybody's deaths because Unless as we saw, snapped, Gamora, we who that. died to get the Soul Stone, was able to come back from a different reality. And so it's like Scarlet Widow might be dead, Tony might be dead, but they're doing the next movie is all about different universes and realities. Like, so we could is bring those really? characters what back. Is the next Spider-Man movie? Far From Home. We can bring all those characters back if we really want to. They'll just be not the right Tony or not the right Black Widow or... Did I call her Scarlet Widow earlier? Because <laughs> she's Scarlet kinda, Johansson. It, I went with it though. No, it's good. It. I like it. Scarlet Widow's cooler than Black Widow. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got scarlet hair. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah. So it, to me, it's just kind of undercut the whole thing right at the end because it's just like none of these things are real. I mean, Steve goes back in time. Steve Rogers Cap, and then when he comes, like he doesn't come back when he's supposed to. Instead, he lives out his life in the past. Then, so that just created another, you know, third crazy crazy timeline crazy different reality that everybody has now because that's not what happened in his original reality that's not what happened with peggy he didn't he didn't marry peggy originally like when he sees her on her deathbed she's just like dying and it's like oh it's the first time he she saw him so it's very it's very difficult to take any of those deaths seriously that's one explanation of the time travel paradox theory uh the other is that time happens in their disruptance of time itself was a part of their reality, but it all happened in a way, shape or form where it did not impact their current reality. No, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah. they clearly lay out the rules for their fantasy version of time travel during their conversation about their fantasy version of time travel. Time travel is not the, real. I it's love a fantasy. The Ant-Man. I love that Ant-Man's like, wait, so it's not like Back to the Future? <laughs> That's probably my favorite part. Yes. The, and it's not like Bill and Ted either. Aw. Yeah. Sandemus High School football rules. But what I'm saying is, so Cap goes back, right? He does the whole live out his life. But then what if he, you know, 
his wife gets dementia or whatever, and she like forgets who he is. So then he comes back to the future at that point, knowing that he's about to enter that period where he comes and sees her on her deathbed. And so he knows his time there is up. So that's when he chose to come back. And then she sees him for the first time. Bill doesn't matter because Loki got away with a Tesseract. Yeah, that is the one element that's sort of like, hmm. And Tony snaps Thanos and all his goons away. But he could have just snapped them back to their reality and wiped their memory or something. There's no thing that says he snapped them into dust in the terms of dying. Could have just snapped them back to where they came from. That is possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that Thanos stealing the Infinity Stone is to set up the spinoff of his own show on the Marvel uh, Network, Disney Network thing. Loki, not Thanos. Sorry. Yes. Getting late. Falling asleep. Speaking of which, we should probably say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!